One of the charisms of our movement, and I think even specifically of our community, is that of hospitality. It's something the Lord has called us to do because uh, it puts a place where we can enter into uh, community, into deep relationship. And so we're going to spend some time today uh, and look at hospitality. So I'll invite Matt up, and he's going to give us a presentation on hospitality uh, and looking at this, this component of our life together uh, and, and what that can look like and, and what we desire out of that. We, we gave this a, the title here he, he chose was Entertaining Angels. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to, to Matt, but uh, let's just offer a quick prayer for him uh, as we do that. Lord God, Father, we thank you for our brother here. Uh, we thank you for the cars and for the way they've lived hospitality, uh, the way that they've shown that. We'd ask that you would give him uh, your heart, uh, the, the heart you've given uh, to your community here uh, to be hospitable, to be welcoming, uh, to invite into relationship, not only with us, but with relationship with you, uh, those we encounter. We open our, ask that you open our hearts, open our minds uh, to hear and to receive. Amen. I hate this microphone stand. Um, it's like my arch, it's like the one that's always here, and it's my arch nemesis. Uh, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Uh, yeah, um, Steve read that, uh, that section from the book of the prophet Haggai. Is that how you say it? Haggai. It reminds me of Sesame Street, guy, guy smiling. We all know that, right? Some of us do. Um, this is uh, chapter 2, verse 6. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once again in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Um, when we began to pray, I'm just going to, I don't know if this is anybody, I'm just going to kind of take a risk here. Uh, I, I immediately and have been like shaking the whole time. I'm still shaking. I can't stop. Uh, and I think, uh, and then there was an anxiety placed uh, in, in my midsection uh, and a, and, a, and a little bit of a pain on my left side. And so I don't know if anybody here is experiencing anxiety that's like waking them up in the middle of the night. Uh, is anybody experiencing that? <laughs> that's so funny. Carrie, you are too? Chris, you are? Anybody else? I th John? Why don't, uh, why don't you guys just raise your hand so people can come over to you? And I, Pat, Paul, 
Therese. There's a lot of people. I just feel like there's an anxiety that I think that actually the Lord wants to, I'm not experiencing a ton of anxiety right now, which is sort of a surprise, so I don't think this is for me. Uh, and there's a shaking, and I don't know if the sh- shaking's waking you up or if there's, a sh- there's something that needs to be, that's being shaken that the Lord just wants to heal. Maybe he just wants to shake the heavens of his grace. So why don't you guys just raise your hand and we can have some prayer people come over and we're going to pray over people just right now before I even talk. So Carrie, Chris, raise you guys' hand. If people who know how to pray with people, Lenny is in the back raising his hand right over here. If we have a couple people pray with Lenny, we don't want to miss anybody. With Nick, don't miss out on this. If that's you too, raise your hand. Kurt, I need you to get up and pray with some people. I got you. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I think the Lord's bringing this up because I think he wants to release this anxiety from us. He wants us to know that he's shaking the heavens and he's, he knows what's happening. He's in control of everything. If you're praying with those people right now, just ask them, like, what's going on in their life that they're experiencing, and then just pray into that. Literally ask them, like, what are they experiencing, and then pray right into that. Make it as personal as possible. Come, Lord. Jesus, come Holy Spirit, come Lord, right now into the lives and the hearts and the experiences they're experiencing, Lord. Give them rest at night, peace, Lord, in their heart. Sleep well tonight. Come, Lord Jesus. Just another minute or so. Let's just pray right over him. Let's play release of the anxiety, release of the pain, release of the shaking. Give them rest at night, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. Let's just wrap this up by by praying together for all those Lord, we just proclaim your victory over anxiety, fear, pain, and the circumstances of our life that we're facing. 
Lord, we proclaim you are the victor king. Lord, that you are the one that makes even the stars dance. And you are shaking the heavens and you're going to shake your grace over all these situations, Lord. And I pray just freedom and release in the name of Jesus over all of those that we're praying with right now. Release the anxiety, release the fear, Lord, and give peace and joy and prosperity in the place of those things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen, amen. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what time is it? 12 o'clock. Well, glory to God. That's good, huh? Jesus, thanks for praying. Um, this morning, I'm just going to briefly talk about hospitality <laughs> uh, and kind of give a scriptural kind of biblical understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about hospitality, what Christian hospitality is, and um, begin to talk a little bit about examples of this in the Old and New Testament, and then what, from that, talk about what the motives for our hospitality ought to be, and then list about four or five things of practically how we individually uh, as individuals or as families can engage in hospitality, but also how we as a, a community can engage in hospitality. I grew up on the uh, north side of Kansas City near the airport. And uh, many of you guys don't know this, but on the northeast side of Kansas City and the north end is the heavily sort of Italian side of town, and not just Italian, Sicilian. And, <clears throat> and then a lot of Sicilians moved up to the north side, and I went to high school with a heavily Italian-Sicilian uh, population of people. And there's a book called Mobsters in Our Midst, which is about the Kansas City Mafia. And those are people that my parents went to high school with and knew well. Um, but what's that? Hey, now. Yeah, that's Jen's Italian. So she's... Uh, but Italians have a great... I'm going to say something nice now. But... In this kind of thing, they're, they're not, and not everybody's like a made man, but um, the mafia is referred to as La Cosa Nostra. Did you know that? La Cosa Nostra. Do you know what La Cosa Nostra means? It means our little thing. Our little thing. Uh, and there's a lot of community, in, and to be honest with you, men are men and women are women in this community. Uh, maybe to the extreme. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like better to have a male son than a female son. It really is. A male son versus a female. 
daughter. But I, for those of you who are guests here, Heart of the Redeemer is not La Cosa Nostra, okay? In all the negative connotations or in the sense that it's just our little thing. Because sometimes we can talk about our way of life and all of this. So what I'm talking about here this morning about hospitality is a biblical understanding of hospitality, which is, uh, which is our Christian thing, whether we know it or not. Uh, and in our modern culture, I just, I'm going I'm to have to look at my notes here. I'm still shaking. I don't usually like, I know I shake sometimes, but I, maybe I just had too much coffee. Maybe that's all it. So you guys got prayer for anxiety this morning. Uh, in our modern culture, when we think of hospitality, we often think of a recreational sharing of friendship with one another, fellowship with one another, lodging and provision sometimes, but only among friends and family. But in Scripture, when you talk about hospitality, it consists in the welcome and the care of guests, especially those people who are strangers to us, strangers to our community, strangers to our family life, strangers to us as friends. And, and guess what? As Christians, we get lots and lots of opportunities to practice hospitality in our culture because we're strangers in a strange land, as like the scripture says, and Archbishop Pooh's book says, right? Isn't that the name of the book? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm looking at Paul because, like, he's read it, and I've listened to part of it on podcast or whatever, not podcast, whatever that is, audible. And, and so in the biblical use of the word, what we're talking about isn't primarily or just us offering hospitality to one another in the Christian community, but it's primarily about offering hospitality to those who are outside of our community. And hospitality has a bunch of functions in scriptures. Uh, it has a bunch of them. Relief for the poor or the dispossessed. Strengthening the bonds of, of affection among people. The inclusion of the outsider. Uh, in the New Testament, the propagation of the faith is part of it. And there's lots of aspects to this. And I just want to turn to Genesis 18, uh, which is a story that probably most of us know. Starting in verse 1, I'll just read this. But this is Abraham with his guests who turn out to be more than just guests, right? And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of, of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. 
Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, while I fetch a morsel of bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your serpent. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. And this is a great story of hospitality. Here you have the greeting of Abraham of the guests by bowing low. These are not people that are part of his tribe. These are guests and strangers that he does not know. He welcomes the guests and invites them to come in, or in this case, to sit down under the tree. He gives them an invitation to rest. He gives them an opportunity to wash a provision of food and of drink, an invitation even to converse in that way. You see another aspect of hospitality with these two men that come to Lot at the beginning of Romans 19, and he offers them hospitality. And you guys, that's a crazy story. But anyway, that gets crazy real quick. You guys know that one? That's where, you know, uh, Lot offers them hospitality in a similar way to Abraham, but they've come to, like, destroy the city, and he doesn't want them to go into the city. He offers them this hospitality, and the men of the city come out to abuse these guys, these guests. And so then he offers his daughters instead of them. You know, that's to the extreme, but you can read all about it in the Bible. In the New Testament, we see a continued expectation to offer hospitality to the stranger. Romans 12, verse 13, I'm not going to look them all up, but it says, extend hospitality to the stranger. In Hebrews 13, verse 1 to 3, do not neglect to show hospitality to the strangers, for by doing that, some of you have entertained angels without knowing it. It's a reference almost back to Abraham with his three guests. Jesus really stresses the importance of hospitality. In Matthew 8, uh, verse 20, I'll just, from memory, foxes have dens, birds of the air have, you know, nests to take rest in, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Nowhere to rest his head. And Jesus relies on other people welcoming him into their home uh, and being hospitable to them. But what happens a lot of times is Jesus gets invited in as the guest, and then it's like he becomes the host in a lot of the situations. So in Mark... Uh, Chapter 1, verse 19, he enters the home of Simon and Andrew. You guys remember this? So he enters their home, and then what does he do? He actually heals Peter's mother-in-law. 
in that situation. Uh, Luke 7, the Pharisee invites him, Jesus into his home. And Christians continue to do this, like Paul uh, in Acts 16, uh, verse 15. I'll just look this one up. Paul's doing the same thing. There's a number of uh, examples of this of Peter and Paul in Acts of the Apostles. But um, uh, what was I saying? Acts 16. Verse 15 says, And when she was baptized with her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us <laughs> to welcome people into their home. Jesus stresses the importance that our hospitality extend beyond our immediate household. So you have the story of, of the midnight visitor, remember? Where a neighbor comes to another neighbor's house because he's got a friend and he doesn't have food for him. And he's knocking at his door at midnight. This friend doesn't even know the other friend, you know? And he's inviting him, and there's persistence in prayer there and everything like that, but there's his hospitality that's being extended by this friend to another friend's friend in that situation. In Luke 10, 25 to 37 is the story of the Good Samaritan, where the Samaritan is offering, you know, hospitality for this broken down person who's on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem. And this is our, this is our neighbor. The woman at the well, Jesus says to her, give me a drink. And she gives him a drink. And what does he give her but life-giving water? He tells her everything about her life. She goes out and becomes a missionary uh, to her neighborhood to tell everybody all about Jesus because he responds to, she responds to his invitation to bring him some water. Matthew 25 35 to 31 to 46 is the parable of the last judgment. And Jesus connects our hospitality and care for other people, the poor, the stranger, the naked, as care for him. That's both rewarded for those when we care for those least of these, the stranger among us, the poor among us. But failure in this Failure to care for the stranger, the naked, the poor among us incurs judgment on us. So the lack of hospitality actually encourages a judgment. Jesus gets invited into tons and tons of people's home. I, I, I can't, I, I should see if I can get them on here. It's just so many, it's hard to keep up with. Uh, in Luke uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 38, Martha invites Jesus into her home. And you remember, this is actually, Martha invites Jesus into her home, and then she gets mad at Mary, remember, because Mary's sitting at his feet, and in the story here, she washes Jesus' feet. But Martha's upset, even after Jesus gets invited in. The Pharisee invites Jesus into his home to offer hospitality. Zacchaeus after this, well, Zacchaeus doesn't even invite him. Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' home. He goes, come down, I must eat with you today. 
And that's salvation. Levi, who turns into Matthew, invites Jesus into his home with all the tax collectors and the sinners. That's, in who, that's, in, that's, who's, home, that's who's in Matthew's and Levi's home. Matt, Levi's home. Peter's house, I already mentioned. Simon the leper in Bethany invites Jesus into his home. And this is the story of the woman with the alabaster jar who breaks it. After the resurrection on the road to Emmaus, these disciples are walking with Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. They thought it was a stranger. And he tells them all about Jesus from the Old Testament. And they press upon him as it's the end of the day. Come and stay with us. And then he eats with them. And then they recognized they didn't know it was Jesus. But they recognized him in their hospitality, in the breaking of the bread. Ah, oh, there's a lot more I could say. But here's our motives, guys. Our motive has to be, I think, at least fourfold to offer hospitality. First of all, Jesus, the Lord, has commanded us to offer hospitality. Treat others and show unto others what you would want shown unto you. Right? He has given us an example in his, in his life. And in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Lord has, has commanded us to do this. A key aspect of this, guys, is that you have to understand that... I'm going back and forth here in the notes... One of the reasons Israel was to offer hospitality is because they themselves had experienced being aliens, strangers, and slaves in another land. And so when, Jesus, they're, when they're commanded, they understand what it's like through the Exodus, you know, in the book of Exodus, when they're enslaved to the Egyptians, what it was. And remember that story of Moses, when Moses goes out into the field after, you know, he's, he hasn't found the Lord yet. Uh, but he helps water the cattle and the fields of, I forget who it is. But, uh, and, and they say to him, come into our house. And then his daughter, he gets married to this daughter of this person. But Moses, for all they knew, was an Egyptian who enslaved them. And yet the Jewish people in practice would welcome the stranger, even if he was their slave master, into their community. This so great was their hospitality. So great was this because hospitality for the, Jew, for the, for the nation of Israel meant entertaining the sacred. Entertaining the sacred. So in this, uh, there's the story in Exodus 20 of, of Moses in Leviticus 19, 33 and 34, you were once aliens, so therefore you are to welcome aliens and strangers into your company. In Deuteronomy 10, 19, you shall love the stranger. You shall love them. This is hospitality. Uh, so in, in the Old Testament, one of the reasons that we're being hospitable is the command of the Lord. Jesus has done it. But also the second reason is God loves and cares for the stranger and the alien. Psalm 68, verse 6. If 
I can find it. Psalm 68 verse 6 says this. God gives the poor a home to dwell in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. In Psalm 46, 146, verse 9. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. God loves and cares for the alien and the stranger. And we're to remember, we were once aliens and strangers to the Lord. And God loved us. And we are to love those, not certainly the poor and the wicked, but those who are lost, who are poor spiritually. Those who are lost spiritually. We're surrounded by people like this. We are called by the, by, the, by the word of the Lord to offer that sort of hospitality. Certainly to love one another. But the biblical example is to love those who are outside our company. This isn't just our little thing. This is the Lord's thing. So Jesus has commanded it. The Lord wants us to do it. That's our first motive. Second motive, the saints give us an example to do this. Those disciples on the road to Emmaus knew the Lord. They are saints. They welcomed that stranger into their midst. And guess what? It was Jesus himself. Abraham, our father in faith, goes out and there's these three strangers and he offers us an example of the hospitality we are supposed to sow. And guess what? It was the triune God with him. Our third motive, if we don't do it, and this is the scary part, evils are incurred upon those who do not show hospitality. This is like the straight whiskey, guys. Sorry. Those are confounded in the judgment who don't recognize the Lord in the poor, in the needy, in the desolate. They're like, Lord, when did we see you poor and not feed you? When did we see you a stranger and not welcome you? Okay, I won't spend a ton of time on that. Good news. There's a multiplicity, which means there's just a bunch of grace and graces for those who practice hospitality. Like the woman at the well, when we offer hospitality, we can expect to gain grace. We expect that the Lord's going to actually pour out grace upon us. I'm preaching to myself here. My wife said, what are you talking about this morning? Hospitality. She goes, you're talking about hospitality. <laughs> said, I know, I guess, you know, I need to hear this. Number two, and I've already mentioned this, but I'll just hit it again. By doing hospitality regularly, we're entertaining saints and angels, even if we don't know it. So the more we do it, the more chance we have to encounter an angel. 
That's pretty cool. You'll know it's an angel when you have finished your meal and everybody's eaten and you guys go away and then like all the food's still on their plate. Okay. You're like, I, I swear, I saw the meat. Hebrews 13.1 says that. Lastly, another grace is we gain a glorious inheritance by doing this hospitality thing. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to give some practicals. What time is it? Is it? I'm way over, right? 12.20, okay, thank you. Thank you for your patience here. Matthew 25, verse 33 and 34, this is in that parable of the Last Judgment. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, this is great, will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, and, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. <laughs> Doesn't it make you want to start doing hospitality? <laughs> Practically, what can we do? Personally, in our life, I think... The first thing is, I think that we should go to prayer about this and ask the Lord, who is the stranger, who is the poor that you are inviting me and my family or me and my life that I can reach? Who are the neighbors Maybe it's even family members who are like estranged. Who are they, Lord? And just make yourself in prayer available to be doing this. Number two, this is really practical. Make a list of those people. <laughs> Perhaps it's a guest who showed up at a community event. Perhaps it's a neighbor, a friend, family member. Next. You got to plan for this. This is the importance of the husband-wife meeting or the importance of planning your schedule. Like, Jen and I, I don't know if this is like you, our life is, we just have so much space in our life. I mean, we are always looking for like, what, we, we just don't have anything to do. I, I'm not going to go into that. Our life is really, really full. And so I'm talking about one or two times a month 
that we clear space and we welcome people into stuff that we're already doing, <laughs> right? Like dinner as a family is really great because you're going to sit down and eat dinner as a family anyway. So planning to make, have dinner as a family or have dinner together with other people is really important to be able to offer hospitality so that you can invite people into that. Or if that's not your life, if you're a working guy, you usually have to go to lunch somewhere. Or you, ha- you can grab a coffee meeting. Who are you inviting to go to lunch with you from your workplace that's a stranger and an alien and you want to show some hospitality to? Create space in our life. Make space in the family calendar. So as you're planning, I'm not talking about a ton of time. Again, one or two times a month where we're inviting people over that are new, that aren't connected. And we're just, we're just, these are the sacred guests that the Lord is putting in our life. Lastly, and I kind of referred to this, is make it easy and accessible. Invite them into things that you're already doing. If you're already going to lunch at work, then find somebody else to go to lunch with and invite them to, to it. If you're eating dinner as a family and you have that regularly, invite them into that. If you're going to an event with others, invite them to that. Make it easy and accessible. Those are just four practical ways in our own life personally. Now I want to talk to us more as a community and as an organization. Hospitality has to be part of our life. When we have gatherings like this or anything where new people are coming, new people, you can just close your like ears or just pretend you're in on a secret here. You could actually, we should probably get feedback from you. How are we following up with guests who come? An easy thing to do to make this a more welcoming environment is at the end of any event where there's new people, institute the three-minute rule for yourself. That I'm going to talk to somebody I don't know before I talk to anybody I do know. Because here's what will happen. If you talk to the people you do know first, there's a lot of us and we have like deep relationships, you'll never talk to anybody you don't know. And God's waiting right there. It's easy in the family. I grew up in a family, the Kemper family up north. Everybody like wanted to be part of our family. There were 17 of us. We had like beverages of choice, all this inside stuff, handshakes, all this stuff. My, our, our parents were really good at hospitality. Us kids, we should have the community kids come down. Not so good. You know what I mean? Like if you're not part of our tribe, what the hell are you doing here? You know, that sort of thing. I'm sorry, shouldn't say it. What the? <laughs> it's my, I'm hanging out with the pagans too much. Anyway, <laughs> it's my barbarism coming out. Thank you, Jesus. So the three-minute rule. There we go. I'm going to keep going. Practically following up with them. So those who are in charge of sending out emails, getting people on lists, it's very, very important. Our website. How is that? It's hospitality. Creating environments that new people can feel comfortable in. Kathy and Josh, I don't even know if they're here this morning, have done a great job with this young married mass. And they're making a proposal to do young married thing. On the young adult side, I think we're doing a really good job 
on the outreach dinners and things like that. So welcoming guests. Number two, welcoming out-of-towners. We have guests from other communities come in a lot, and we need places for them to stay. Opening your house to them, these are like missionaries in other communities that are coming with us, is a way to do that. So when an email comes out and we got a guest in from out-of-town, welcoming them. Opening your house, giving them food, making time to sit down and converse with them. And lastly, in our community, in our small groups with each other, we have a way to offer hospitality for those of us who are in need, as we have children, or as we have sickness, or failing parents, or struggles at work, or a loss of job. We can really be a support to one another. Amen? Is my time up? What time is it? 12.30. Okay. Glory to God. Well, thanks for listening. I meant to close a little earlier so we could talk, but we'll just kind of, you get it. Hospitality, good. We need to do that. Jesus wants us to do it. Do you have any? I do. Okay. I'm going to invite Steve back up to close us down. Thanks, Matt. So my challenge to you is, is to take that time in your prayer and ask the question and make your list this week. Uh, who is the stranger? Who are the poor? Who are the lo- those that the Lord might have us uh, have in mind for us to reach out to? So an encouragement to do that. Husbands, I'm going to double up on you. In your husband-wife meetings, make this one of your bullet points uh, as you go through your calendar. Is there any margin? Is there any space here for us to be hospitable? And if there's not, what are we going to do about it? So uh, I think that's a huge part of it is, is having the margin. I think having a mind for it and having the margin uh, is, is a big piece of getting us there. 